Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode 138 for the week of January 3rd, 2022. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about Albania's selection and the ESC 250 2021 results. Happy New Year, Ben. Happy New Year, Mike. We're here. It's 2022. Yeah, it's it feels weird to be like in the throes of selection season already. But yeah, I guess we're, we're just going to hit the ground running in, uh, into January. Yes, just like a full sprint. It's, it's a new year for the Eurowhat. It's officially selection season. The clock has rolled over. It's here. We're ready, kind of. And what that means is that we are shifting back into weekly episodes. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do more of these. You're going to hear us more because there's going to be more news. And so these episodes, we're going to be checking in on who's been selected, what selections are, are coming up in the upcoming weeks, just so you can keep track of that. And of course, all of the monoskin we can keep in, we can keep track of. Yes, <laughs> and there is a lot of it. Along with the podcast, uh, you'll be able to find us on our socials. We're at EuroWhat on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at Eurowhat. We're sort of on Facebook. We're not really there all that often, but uh, you can follow <laughs> we us We have a there. complicated relationship with Facebook. Yes, yes. And then we're also over on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Eurowhat. We released a bonus episode over the holidays where we actually watched the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Gasp! Uh- <laughs> yeah, remember how I said you'd have to pay me to watch the Junior Eurovision? Guess what? I am technically getting paid to watch it. Yes, so. thank you, patrons. So- <laughs> thank you, patrons. Thank you for the money. <laughs> yes, and we'll, we will be doing more bonus episodes as the American Song Contest rears its head. Yes, yeah, if you want to see us react to that in real time, uh, we're going to figure out what that looks like. <laughs> well, maybe not real time. Not, not like, like real time, but, <laughs> but... <laughs> but yeah, it more closer to in the moment. So uh, yeah, check us out over there. For now, let's talk about the third song that's been selected for 2022. Over the holidays, Albania had their Festivali Congress. The winner selected from that was Runella Hayati with her song Secret. So Ben, were you able to watch any of FIK? I was not. Just with the holidays where FIK usually falls, just like it was not in, it, it was not a great time to try and catch it. I would love to know all the details from you, though. How was FIK this year? It was really good. Last year's show, I felt like they had kind of figured out a lot of things. And some of that was just out of necessity because of the like COVID situation and the, the fact that they were outside and it was cold. And they're just like, all right, we just got to move this along because everybody just wants some hot chocolate. They kind of carried over that energy this year. It was indoors this year, but they had, and it was a three night festival. It started out with 20 songs competing on Monday, 14 kind of established performers, and then six newcomers. From the six newcomers, three were cut on Monday, so only 17 songs total advanced to the Tuesday and Wednesday portion of the competition. Okay. It was the 60th year of the festival, so kind of a big deal. I thought there was going to be a lot more like retrospective stuff and that every show was going to be like seven hours long. They started on time, which is also unprecedented for FIK. The shows ran like 
two, two and a half hours. Like it, it was a normal length show for that type of show. Yeah, and it had this really kind of pop art comic book aesthetic that they worked into everything about the show like it, it was a cohesive production which again is, okay. is not yeah like i was uh, i was noticing some of that when i watched the Ronella performance yeah uh tuesday's show was nostalgia night so there was a little bit more of those retrospective moments and th- uh, they brought out former competitors former winners uh, of the festival so the contestants would perform their song again but this time it would be as a duet or a trio depending on the number of people in the act yeah, that had some really cool elements. Like, it was a really fun way of reimagining some of the songs, and it kind of improved a couple of the songs, which was also unexpected. But I think the most unexpected thing that happened on Tuesday was with Maroud's performance. So Maroud's pretty much based in New York these days, hobnobbing with people in the U.S. entertainment industry, which includes Jolie Fisher, who had a kind of video postcard, well wishes, good luck statement that played before his performance on Tuesday's show, which was weird? Yes, yes, because I was listening to Who Weekly, and and typically I do not expect Eurovision to pop up there, and they had a whole thing about the Jolie Fisher thing, and I was just like, what is happening? What did, What am I missing right now? The, that whole segment was just wild, and we have a link to this episode of Who Weekly in the show notes, because... I don't think there's anything we can add to the no, way they, they no, bring they it down. No, they cover it so fully. Uh, so Tuesday was fun. That one did run a little long, but that's just because you also had the extra performances and stuff. It was fine, considering what FIK has done in the past with the Nostalgia Night. Yeah, but they were just happy that it's not five hours long. Mm. Uh, so Wednesday was the final. The theme of that was Eurovision Night. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, well, I mean, it's weird because FIK has traditionally not been eurovision focused Mm -hmm. it is the albanian music festival it just happens to also be how they select their eurovision entrant it's not like melfest where it's kind of one where it's express purpose is to be the yeah yeah fik just being the the eurovision representative feels weirdly secondary to winning fik right this time it was much more eurovision focused the performances were intended to be kind of like oh this is might be how it would be presented on the eurovision stage that also included lyrics could be in English, which is a first for FIK. Usually it's all songs have to be fully in Albanian. But yeah, you could do a mix of English. You could completely translate your song. But it, it's not like Iceland's song Vakepnin, where it's just like, okay, you can either do Icelandic or English, but whichever one you pick, no take backs. Like, this is just, oh, this is another interpretation of the song. Most of the contestants didn't really do that. I think there were only two or three songs that did full English translations. And uh, Secret, the uh, song that won, there were some cognates in there. Secret in Albanian also means secret in, in English, but minor, minor English thrown in. I mean, the main thing I saw happening on Twitter while being just sort of being generally aware of FIK while traveling was just like everybody seemed to be saying Janina Maliki step on my neck. She's so gorgeous. And uh, she mm-hmm. represented Albania in 2019. So there was already yes. like her, her presence was already known in the Euro fandom. She was running a tight ship. She did a cover of Ruslana's uh, Wild Dances, which was awesome. And yeah, she was just such a positive presence on the show. Hopefully we will see her either hosting FIK again or going for Eurovision again. Like she's, she's just so delightful and just stunning outfits. The fashion at the show was really top-notch for, for everybody participating. Mm-hmm. Good work, Albania. 
And the other thing that makes FIK a little bit different than a lot of selection shows is it's completely jury selected. There's no audience vote. Usually that's where things go kind of haywire, uh, particularly the last few years where there's been some like ethno bangers in the mix and, and like the Euro fandom and Twitter's just like, send this one, send this one. And then there's usually like one juror who's I am giving this song negative points and there was no way that you were representing Albania. And there's always that one judge at FIK. Yeah, but this time, like, the top four songs, I I think, were the correct top four in, in the correct ranking. And I think all four were would have been worthy winners if if any one of them were selected. But yeah, it's like, oh, wow, this the jury has their finger on the pulse and they sent the one that the public wanted to. Like, everything about it was just like, oh, Albania is making what seemed like objectively correct choices, which, yeah, like, it, it's setting the tone for 2022, which is unusual and exciting. Yes, that was my takeaway from listening to the song, absent of any context of that, was just like, oh, Albania has been listening to our demands for an ethno banger. And I think it it meets the needs of what they want, what what Albania likes to send in terms of of drama in term because like the opening is has some nice drama to it and then it just gets into oh this is now just a pop song and i like that yes yes and there's just in, like really strong choreography that goes along with it like mm-hmm. a, a couple of really strong dance breaks and it, it feels like it's tapping into how the public was responding to fuego but it does not feel like a fuego clone but yeah it doesn't feel like albania does fuego I'm hoping this is a sign of what we can expect from a bunch of the other selections that'll be happening this season. There is going to be a revamp of the song. Uh, Ronella said so. It was either on her Twitter or Instagram. And like the song will need to lose 30 seconds regardless. Trying to figure out how they're going to adjust the timing because the way that it builds over the three minutes and change that it is currently is very nice. So I hope they don't lose too much of that. Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest risk, but I think it could just be a case of taking out one or two of the measures of each of the dance breaks, and that might mm-hmm. be enough to cut down the time. Well, and like, also lyrically, this feels more up, more upbeat generally for Albania. Hmm. I have a tendency of looking up whenever they send something in Albania and, and be like, wow, this is a really beautiful melody. I wonder what they're singing. And then you look up the lyrics, it's like, I have been forsaken by God. He no longer looks on my door. Something to look forward to as the season gets started. I already have the video uploading for our top three of 2022. YouTube has flagged it for copyright reasons, but it'll be fine. Yay. <laughs> we didn't want to monetize it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's time for everybody's favorite segment on the program. Hey, because of stuff I tend to modest what is Manskin doing? We have GarageBand now. It's been a it's been a better year for our, our Italian quartet. Their album Teatro di Ira, Volume One, reached one billion streams on Spotify. They are the first Italian album to do so. Which that's a lot of streams. Yeah. No pressure for volume two, you know? Yeah, so. yeah no, no pressure for volume two. I mean, knowing how Spotify streams work, that is not a, not, probably not a huge moneymaker, but luckily our, our friends at Monoskin are booked and busy. There's a lovely write-up of them in the LA Times. They were part of New Year's Rockin' Eve, which just really weird seeing that. Yeah. I mean, New Year's Rockin' Eve is such a weird concept. It's just, it's just a weird program normally. This year just added to the weirdness. 
like my whole thing about New Year's Rock and Eve is they, they always have the little disclaimer at the bottom saying like some portions were pre-recorded. Yeah, all of these people are pretending it's New Year's Eve probably in like October, November. Yeah, yes. A- anytime I see them, it's like, okay, so the segment I'm watching now is pre-recorded, yes. right? And it, yes. Yeah. And I'm hopeful in this case it really was recorded in November. Uh, uh-huh. The performances were fine. Yeah. So <laughs> it's New Year's Rock and Eve. It's nothing to really get excited about. Yeah. So. A gig's a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, most notably, ZTE Buoni ranked second in the ESC 250, only 2,464 votes behind Lorene's Euphoria. We are getting closer to cracking the numbers. Just kidding. It's 2,000. It's like almost 3,000 votes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that is much closer than I had predicted. Like, I, I thought the gulf was going to be something like 9,000, just because it usually is. <laughs> there, there was, there, like, I don't know how it happens every time I listen to the 250, but there's just like a moment before the second song plans were like, we've done it. We've done it. Euphoria is number two. We have a new winner. This is going to crack things open. No, no. Tradition. You're just waiting to hear that at the start, and it's okay. It's not that one. So, <laughs> yep. ESC two fifty this year was wild, but in the best, most entertaining way. Like I've not had this much fun on Twitter in quite a long time. Especially whenever the current year's songs pop up, it's just such a wonderful trip down memory lane. Because just seeing someone be like, "Remember when we thought that the San Marino link couldn't be real because Flo Rida was on it?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was probably my second favorite day on Twitter last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the top 10 for this year's countdown, as you mentioned, Euphoria was the winner. Ziti Buoni came in second, and uh, Ukraine's Shum by Goa took uh, the third spot. Uh, and that one was 9,000 votes behind Euphoria. So yeah, a little bit of a gap between first and third, but I think that is a very strong top three. Uh, That's a very strong year. top three, and like, I'm really interested to see how Shum does in like future 250s. I think that's going to have some staying power uh, for, uh-huh. for quite a while. But one of the cool things about the ESC 250 is they give you all of the data, uh, so you can see not how each individual person voted, but you can you see the kind of aggregate numbers uh, to break things down and. It gets a little tricky with Euphoria since it, this is the 10th year in a row that it has won out of 10 years of eligibility. So it's like, okay, what what is the new angle for Euphoria this time around? And uh, this time it's if every single person who voted for Euphoria had only given it one point, uh, I think it still would have finished in the top 40. So yeah, that, that Euphoria is another one that is going to be sticking around probably till the heat death of the universe. So <laughs> One can even say forever till the end of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And congrats. So, <laughs> uh, and then the one that was interesting to me amongst a few others was uh, Spain's 2003 entry, Dime, uh, jumped to number nine. Last year it was number 50. Yeah, and even then that was kind of a jump up from before. Like I asked on Twitter, but nobody responded if it had some sort of second life this year like if it was featured in like a netflix show like i don't watch money heist but it's like was that part of a pivotal scene was there like a tiktok meme that was associated with that song i was like trying trying to figure it out because it's just like it can't just be bots or spammers or anything like there there has to be some sort of reason why the song's in the consciousness again does it have just like a real fun nightcore remix i did not check that angle that seems like a possibility, but I did find a couple of things that may be contributing uh, to it. For, first, it seemed like Spain had a stronger presence on the countdown this year, so I'm wondering if there are people who just sent like Spain-only ballots, which I think that's a, perf- a perfectly fine way to vote in the ESC 250. 
the Euro Cup was last year, and I found an article that mentioned that the uh, Spanish broadcaster that was handling the Euro Cup had a whole bunch of advertisements about them broadcasting the tournament. And uh, the article pointed out that the song used in those ads sounded very similar to D-Bay, to the point where people were accusing it of plagiarism. (laughs) And I'm thinking that maybe that association may have fueled it, reminded people of D-Bay's presence in the culture. So I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. And then also Operation Triunfo, which is the singing competition, had its 20th anniversary last year and uh, has often been part of Spain's Eurovision selection process. Either like the winner goes on to represent Spain or there's Eurovision Week and whoever wins Eurovision Week is uh, the representative. And Dime was one of the songs that was selected through that process. And yeah, I, it would not surprise me if there was like some sort of 20th anniversary retrospective. And it's like, oh, yeah, Dime, that was a really good song. And it's also Spain's most successful song in the 2000s. So I think it was just kind of like, oh, maybe we just need to like go back to that. So I, I, there just seems to be a lot of cultural arrows pointing towards this song. So I, I, I think they're just maybe it maybe in the water. Mm hmm. The jump to number nine just seemed weird, but there was just so much movement on the scoreboard. Yes, just a lot of numbers flying around. And in in this house, we like going through the data dump of the ESC 250, Mm. which continuing on that 1,539 songs received at least one point. Yeah. That's a lot of songs. There's, I think there was somebody who was just talking about the fact that since the ESC 250 started, there's like, just given that we're adding like 40 songs a year, there's just such a much larger group of songs to pick from. Like we've gone from picking essentially the top 20% of Eurovision songs, to the top 15%. Like really, once you get to those lower reaches, like it, it does not take much to move the needle. So you get no. a lot of, it, it's not really the same countdown every year, which is, I, I think, one of the things that makes it fun. Like it, it does get mm-hmm. kind of samey towards the top for the most part. As soon as you hit Waterloo, then you're able to kind of game out what the last songs are going to be that's usually around like top 20 mm-hmm. there was no predicting what was going to pop up especially with the way that some of the songs like dropped from last year and yeah it's like oh wow what happened here so <laughs> cutting through some of the data uh, and looking at uh 2021 in particular uh 23 of the 39 songs uh from last year did make it into the countdown and 34 were in the top 500 all 23 songs were in the top 150, which is really unusual for the countdown. Usually you'll have a song that hits at like 243 and then like another one in the upper, like the 190s or something. And then you'll start getting into like the bulk of uh, the, the current year. But the first song from 2021 was Samantha Tina's Moon is Rising, which entered at 148. So, yay! Uh- <laughs> Hooray for our chaotic queen. Yes, yes. All, all of the chaos queens were represented, which uh, made me very <laughs> happy. Of the 39 songs, the lowest ranked was uh, North Macedonia's entry, uh, Vassal's Here I Stand. But it finished at 715, so it was in the top half of the field so that's nothing to sniff at that's yeah can't be mad about that yeah indeed uh and then looking through the debuts we had 21 non-2021 entries debut on the 250 this year belarus had three of them yay hooray for belarus and then germany's 1996 dnq song so the one that didn't qualify made it 
on the 250. That's crazy. Yeah, especially because for whatever reason, I like this was the Mill Street year. So like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the one where it's like, oh, I didn't even consider that those songs would be eligible, but of course they would be eligible. And yeah, I as far as I could tell, this is the first time that one of the songs that did not qualify in 96 has made it onto the countdown. So I think that's pretty nifty. Just like anything is possible for these for those entries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, amongst the other ones that qualify this year, uh, Netherlands 1977, Petty Lester's Demolimolen moved up to position 233, a jump of 867 spots. That's a lot of spots. That is so crazy. What is happening with that one? Uh, the other one where I'm just like, what is happening? Spain 2005, and this is where your, your all-Spain ballot theory makes a little bit of sense. A Sol de Sol's Brujeria moved from number 819 to number 79. Wow! Yeah, that is 740 places. Sebastian Tellier's D- Divine. I had not know that I had not known that that hadn't made the 250 before cuz like I like that I like that one. That one's I just remember that one just being like a breath of fresh air and like just being just weird enough when I went back and watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like this is French to do this more often even cuz like it's a whole vibe that they do. Anyways, that moved from number 572 last year to number 118 this year. And then Sweden 2001 Friends is listen to your heartbeat also jumped up from 646 to 216. Yeah, and I think I saw that Sweden was the most represented on the countdown this year. I think they had 25 songs total. So Sweden's going to Sweden. So <laughs> Sweden's going to Sweden. <laughs> that is where the news sits for now. What is coming up? Oh, goodness. There's a lot. Well, <laughs> I say there's a lot coming up this week. This is like, this is a quiet week compared to what this will is, be happening. This is week one. This yes. is week one of 2022. It's fa- still fairly quiet. The roller coaster is. Starting to make that click, 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 click noise as we go up the hill. Exactly. So during the countdown on Friday, uh, there was a news release that Montenegro will be announcing their artist. Actually, they would have announced their artist probably by the time that you are listening to this. They are dropping hints on their Instagram. Like one was a baby photo uh, of their artist, which, um, yeah, I have zero guesses. Who, who yeah, it's just like- so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm real tempted to drop that into uh, Google reverse image search to see if I can spoil the news. Probably can't with just like one baby photo. But, but anyways, Montenegro's single, my single is dropping, is dropping. Yes. Norway MGP will be announcing their artists on Thursday, and then they are dropping all of the songs uh, for this year's competition next Monday. I like that they're just dropping all of them. I do too. If anything, just to make making the playlists a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) From a very selfish, we would like to make a playlist of all these respective. Mm -hmm. Yes. But also, I feel like the weekly release model did not work for them last year. Yeah, I mean, especially since everybody who was in week one was like ended up being was super in the final. final. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad, Norway. <laughs> yeah, we're st- we're still we're still very sore about that, Norway. But hopefully, by giving us all the songs, we will be slightly more. I think the big event that everybody's looking forward to is Lithuania's Pabandam is now yo is starting on Saturday. So. <laughs> yes, we have artists named we have new hosts named i'm ready i'm excited i am too it'll just be good to fold some laundry to some lithuanian and like maybe a john hughes movie afterwards uh (laughs) yeah just like whatever lrt wants to dub into lithuanian afterwards i'm here and then yes just like some prime laundry folding time and it's just good to be back it is yes and it'll be nice to have something that is a weekly 
selection show. Like the, the, the first couple of ones that we had, it's like we've got the festival, we've got the online thing. Let's just get into something where we ease into it and get to hear the songs a few times before lock, locking in our opinions. So, <laughs> yes, just ready to make myself a charcuterie board and then hear my TV go, We are the winners yes. of Eurovision again. <laughs> oh, numbers are up. Cool. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for numbers. Yay. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thank you for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can follow the EuroWhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash EuroWhat, where you can hear our bonus episode about the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Show notes and links are in the description of this episode and on our website at EuroWhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at EuroWhat on Twitter, or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision.